doing it again, man. We're doing the start and sits. Me and Big Irish, John McLean. John, how you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, can't wait to do another great podcast with my guy. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. This is going to be fun. So our start sits last week. I mean, you know, week two when I did this with you, I was on, man. I mean, my start sits, I look back and, man, I, I really nailed it. And then last week, man, I, I struggled with some of my start sits. So I, I'm looking for redemption myself this week. Um, so real quick before we get into it, though, John, I do want to tell our great listeners about one of our other excellent podcasts over at DynastyLeagueFootball.com, and it's the Dynasty Game Night. Look, we all play fantasy football for fun. Informational podcasts are awesome, but sometimes you just want to listen to something fun. The Dynasty Game Night podcast is all about having fun and playing fantasy football-related games with friends and with the community. You can listen to the Dynasty Game Night podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, or you can go to DynastyLeagueFootball.com and subscribe to the Dynasty League Football family of podcasts where you can find that great podcast as well. So, John, without further ado, man, let's let, let me go ahead and throw it over to Ethan. Uh, Ethan and I are actually going to break down some injuries, John. So, uh, so let me go ahead and do that with Ethan right quick, and then uh, then we'll break down the matchups. Okay. Have fun, Ethan. Uh, let's let's go ahead and talk about some of the injuries this week. We don't have too much to talk about, but the big one that everyone wants to know. Let's start with Saquon Barkley. Uh, we heard the the injury. We heard uh, kind of the time frame, but you've given us some better time frames and what's come out with some of these other guys. So tell me what's going on with Barkley and what can we expect. Uh, when when can we expect him back? This one is a tough break for a lot of people. Obviously, Barkley, uh, pretty pretty much consensus number one overall pick in in fantasy. You got a few contrarians going CMC, but uh, definitely top two uh, for the majority of people. So he's dealing with a high ankle sprain right now. Um, I've watched the video a few times. It does not look as bad as a normal high ankle sprain. Um, the timeline that I'm putting on him uh, that's been kind of floated around is is four to six weeks. I th- high ankle sprains are a little bit trickier. You can't really brace them. So um, it's not like a, a low, you know, a, a typical ankle sprain you could brace earlier. Um, high ankles, there's not really any way to brace the, the bone. So um, four, six, four to six weeks um, is, is pretty, it's on the earlier side of things. I think six weeks, right in the, right in the middle of six to eight weeks, somewhere in there is probably closer to what's going to happen. Um, no tightrope surgery, which has uh, become kind of a newer thing that you see a little bit more with these athletes with these high ankle sprains. The tightrope surgery is basically they drill a hole um, between the at the near the ankle uh, between the tibia and fibula, and basically uh, string a. Uh, it's not a string; it's like a, a high uh, tensile cord, and actually that acts as the uh, the anchor to hold those two bones together. Um, while the rest of the the ligament that they tore in between the tibia and fibula um, heals, so oh, wow. that is uh, a newer surgery. Tua Tagliavia in college is actually the one that got the most buzz with that. That's how he returned in a couple weeks with a, a pretty significant uh, high ankle sprain in college last season. So um, they're deciding not to go with this, which means it's not as significant of a, an injury where um, I don't think you know eight-plus weeks is probably in play here. I think he's definitely going to miss probably the next three games, most likely the next four games for sure. So best-case scenario is week eight against the Lions um, as far as returns go. Worst case is actually week 12 
against the Bears because the team has a week 11 bye. So if they really want to give him quite a bit of time, which I think they might, uh, you could be looking at not seeing him again until week 12, which is for a lot of people, you're getting pretty close to the, uh, the fantasy championships and playoffs. So that would be a huge blow. Um, I think best case, though, is week eight against the Lions. Okay, so, man, I can't wait to see Saquon Barkley and Danny Dimes out there together. That offense could be explosive. Um, no, just just kidding, more or less. But, uh, but yeah, that, so that, that was a big blow for a lot of people uh, who, who you know, were relying on him. Obviously, even if you have his handcuff, Wayne Gallman, you can't expect um, Saquon Barkley numbers from him. So that's that, definitely a tough blow for a lot of people. Let's go on to the next injury. We got LaShawn McCoy. He, he played last week, but he re-aggravated, re I think, that injury is, is what I heard. So, so what's going on with McCoy, and, uh, and is he going to be available this week, you think? Yeah, so he has been dealing with a right ankle sprain for the last couple weeks. There was more doubt last week that he would miss. He did end up playing like I said he would last week. Um, played pretty well, I think, um, for for uh, because Damian Williams is, is still out, and uh, he's on our list too here. But um, Williams is dealing with a knee sprain. He has Williams is not practicing again this week. I don't expect him to play on Sunday. McCoy, on the other hand, is practicing. Always a good sign. Uh, and I believe he got cleared to practice in full as of Thursday. So um, he should be a full go. Um, Daryl Williams played well, so I think you're going to see a similar split as what you saw last week with McCoy and Williams. Um, and I think both of those guys are startable as flex options. Oh, very interesting. So uh, the LaShawn McCoy owners are, are probably pretty happy in the Damian Williams uh Guys who have Damian Williams rostered are probably pretty frustrated with that at this point, especially because he went pretty high in drafts and Michelle McCoy was was going very late. So it's it's interesting how fantasy plays out sometimes that way. Uh, so so lastly, the last one that we want to cover here uh, today is Chris Godwin. Uh, Chris Godwin, you know, we we kind of saw him, uh, you know, Mike Evans kind of take the the lion's share of the uh, the role of the work there last week. Um, what can we expect from from Chris, Chris Godwin? A lot of people have been relying on him early in the year here. Godwin's been dealing with a hip injury. There's not really a whole lot out there as far as what exactly is going on with his hip. Um, the, the real concerning thing is that not only is he missing practice, but he's not even out um, on a side field practicing by himself, you know, going through a rehab program. You can't even find him. Uh, according to the reports, he's not even out on the field, which means he's getting some type of care, uh, not on the practice field, which is never a good sign. Uh, I think Godwin, this is an injury that a lot of people aren't really talking about as much. Uh, that's why you come to the Superflex show for this kind of information. I, I would not be surprised if you hear Sunday morning that Godwin is actually a, a late scratch this week. Um, I, I would definitely have a backup plan ready if you are trusting him as your wide receiver too. Wow, something to monitor for all owners then for sure is is that moving forward because Chris Godwin's a guy that I think a lot of people would be relying on this week, even in a tough matchup against the Rams. But uh, you know, you'd be relying on him. Uh, you know, he he's proven that he can put up numbers when he's healthy. But that does not sound good. That sounds alarming, Ethan. So uh, thank you so much for for breaking down the injuries with us. We appreciate it as always, my friend. And I'm sure that we'll be talking in the future. Thanks. All right, John. So, so now that we got all the injury information, let, let's get into this. Let's get into the to the meat of this this episode. Let's have you start out with with. I mean, this is the matchup everyone's looking forward to, right? The, oh well, maybe not the Titans and the Falcons. John, break it down for us. Who's who's useful in this one? And who isn't? 
the green light every week, every game, every season. Marcus Mariota, the goat. I'm just I mean, don't, 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 even, don't even troll me that way. Don't even troll me that way, Marcus. Mar- I, I, go just, ahead. Go ahead. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, everyone. You're just trying to irritate me right away, aren't you? You're just trying to get under my skin right away. Well, it worked. It worked, John. <laughs> Uh, the, my green light is Julio Jones. Uh, the, the, this is in this game, Tennessee does a very good pass defense, but Julio Jones is as close to unstoppable as there is. He can be, he can beat any quarter, any day, any game. He's an obvious green light for end of every game for, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Calvin Ridley also struggling with an injury We're we're not sure if he's going to play. If he is, how limited he's going to be. That just means that more of this, the, the brunt of this work is going to fall on Julio Jones and Sanu. We know Julio Jones is special. So yeah, I, I think he's start every week. So who's your yellow light, bud? Uh, I hate putting him here a yellow light because he gets all the work, but uh, Derek Henry has been, uh, he's been getting major volume and has some tough games against some good defenses so far. I'm sure he'll see major volume in, in this game too. Uh, but don't count on the long screen pass uh, receptions and uh, breaking the long runs in this game. I see Henry's three-game touchdown streak coming to an end this week. Um, I just think that he's been getting lucky on a couple long plays every game, and that just can't happen all the time. What do you think? Yeah, no, you're right. He's built to be a goal line type back, and, and we haven't really seen that. We've seen him score a lot of his touchdowns with uh, with longer longer plays. We saw that starting week one against Cleveland. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't think that that's a trend that you want to bank on uh, week in and week out with Derrick Henry. He's not the type of big play threat that you would think would, you know, would, would uh, that would be sustainable for. So uh, it, it is interesting. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a goal line carry or not. And he can kind of, kind of, you know, uh, make way with a touchdown here. But I, you know me, I have very little faith in this Tennessee offense with Mariota under center. So um, I think the scoring chances are going to be few and far between, but obviously if you have him, you have to start him, right? He's been good. So you got to throw him out there. But um, so I, I, I kind of agree with you on this. I think we see eye to eye. What about your red, white? Who, who's the guy you're not touching here? Uh, as long as Corey Davis continues to be out targeted by almost everyone, everyone else on the team, um, you got he's got to keep his red light designation. I know his matchups have been brutal, and uh, and a slow start was projected this season, but uh, no one thought it'd be this bad. Tennessee can't keep Marriott on off the turf, and they're they're already a run first team. They run even when they're in garbage time, which is crazy to me. And uh, the head coach is pretty much giving away every play, all his play calling formations. As a card carrying member of the Corey Davis fan club, I. Uh, Never wished I was wrong in a red light more than this one, but unfortunately, Corey Davis is going to keep being my red light until he produces. Yeah, this one had to be hard on you. I know that you've been a Corey Davis truther for quite some time, John. So uh, the fact that you were able to separate that and and make the smart play here, I like that. I know, I know, John Hogue is is you know he's been championing um, keep, keep you know keep Corey Davis out there this week. This is a nice matchup for him. Um, but you're you're on the other side of this. You're you're saying, hey, look, the trend is. This guy just isn't getting it done, so why are we going to keep shotting him out there? And I think I'm on your side with that. I think at this point, uh, if I have a better option, I'm, I'm sitting Corey Davis. Yeah, it's tough. It's uh, it's Hi, I'm John McLennan, and I love Corey Davis. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's almost all you can do right now at this point, right? So um, I'm going to go to the next game. I have the Chiefs and the Lions. There's a lot of fantasy-relevant players on this one. Um, so my, my green white is going to be LaShawn McCoy. Look, Detroit is 22nd so far in the league in giving up fantasy points to running backs this season. LaShawn McCoy is healthy. He practiced in full on Thursday. Uh, we can't say the same for Damian Williams. It looks like he's going to miss again. Um, you know, this, uh, this trend is not good for him. And it looks like LaShawn McCoy is going to get the bell cow share of the carries there. I think this is a defense that can be had on the ground. LaShawn McCoy is also involved in the passing game. I see a nice game for him. So I think LaShawn McCoy 
if you have him, this is a game that you start him in. I, I, I really like uh, like his potential to to get in the end zone again this one. What do you think, John? I love that. It's a great green light. Uh, LaShawn McCoy has proven a lot of crit- critics long, wrong, um, and uh, I can see that trend continuing this week too. Awesome. So my yellow light's Kenny Galladay. And, you know, the main reason for that is because, look, we, we've seen that the Lions, they, you know, it's it's always going to be someone's game. You know, week one, it looked like it was TJ Hawkinson just kind of taking over. But Kenny Galladay's had his games. And then Marvin Lewis last week um, seemed like it was a, a Marvin Lewis game last week. So, um, so, so we just got to, we, we, or um, I'm sorry, not a Marvin Lewis, a Marvin Jones game last week. Um, so we just got to, we, you know, we got to, you got to throw Kenny Galladay out there. He's he's talented, and you know that if the matchup's right, he's going to go off. But it, you you just don't know kind of how Detroit's going to attack this defense here. Um, so I I say you start Kenny Galladay. He's got a good matchup. You could probably expect some decent decent production. But I would temper my expectations. I'm not expecting two touchdowns out of him. I'm not expecting you know 100 yards. I think if I can get 75 to 80 yards and you know hope for that touchdown to really make his day, I'd be happy. What do you think, John, uh, about Kenny Galladay? It's a good yellow light. I mean, it's uh, you drafted County Galloway to put him on the field every week. He's going to have good weeks. He's going to have bad weeks. Uh, I under, I'm on the same page with you with his production this week. So that's uh, I, I'd put him in the same category. Perfect, perfect. So my red light is TJ Hawkinson. And look, TJ Hawkinson started out the year on fire, man. He was really good uh, week one. He put up some good numbers. Ever since then, he's been pretty pedestrian. They've been keeping him in to block more times than not. He just hasn't been running a ton of routes. Um, Right now, Kansas City's defense is 19th against the pass. Problem is they're 27th against the run, which means I could see Kerryon Johnson and, uh, you know, those guys kind of getting some more more work than they, they they usually do. And then I can see Hawkinson and staying in a block more. So uh, that, that's going to be the problem for me is that, you know, even the play fakes, you're going to want to keep Hawkinson in at least, you know, at the Wade route at, at most to kind of kind of keep the defense honest to make them think that they're still running the ball. So to me, TJ Hawkinson's a guy that I'm staying away from this week. If I have better options, which we should, um, I'm, I'm benching him. I don't, I don't expect much out of him. What do you think, John? Yeah, it's the tight end position. It's kind of it's up and down all over the map. Uh, every team has the same situations. Uh, Hawkinson did great. Everybody's, uh, you know, the week one production is unsustainable as we already knew. Um, but the the situation, it's it's going to be uh it's it's going to be a wait and see game with him uh, as the season progresses. And uh, I'm in the same. I'm again. I'm on the same page you are with the red light designation. Perfect, John. Perfect. So, hey, before we proceed, I do want to tell everybody about our great listeners about the FF Mercenaries. Look, a goal without a plan is just a wish. So stop wishing and start planning for your fantasy championship with the FF Mercenaries. Fantasy football mercenaries love it when a plan comes together. And this A-team of fantasy football minds is here to help you map out your path to fantasy glory. Whether you're looking for draft strategy during or throughout your draft, dynasty roster consultations, in-season support, alternate scoring navigation, or DFS expertise, the mercenaries are here to help you develop and execute the strategy that will help you destroy your league. So sign up now for your one-on-one consultation with a strategic specialist for your unique and specific needs. Visit ffmercs.com and use the promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW for 10% off your first consultation. That promo code SUPERFLEXSHOW at ffmercs.com, where winning is the only option. All right, John, let's get back to it, man. So you got the next game. The next game is the Ryan, uh, the Redskins and the Giants. While neither of these teams is is a good team, both of them have some fantasy players that uh, that a lot of people have had questions about. So who's your green light here? 
Right, green lights, Evan Ingram. Uh, there's just, there's nothing but Shepard and Ingram on this team left on the offense. Um, Wayne Gallman doesn't strike the same fear in opponents as Saquon Barkley does. So um, look for an overemphasis on covering Ingram this week. But he is the number one tight end in fantasy for a reason. And uh, it's because he's a dynamic playmaker. Ingram, he can catch the ball anywhere on the field. I, I'd start him with confidence, even, in, even with double coverage situation. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, Evan Ingram's been the guy. You know, he's been the man, and he he's really shown. I mean, this guy he he can he's catching passes that he shouldn't even be catching. I mean, they're off target, and he's catching them. You know, he's throwing up one hand and making these incredible grabs. He really looks like he's in the zone. Uh, Danny Dimes is going to be a guy that uh, that it's an improvement over Eli. It really is. We saw last week how good he can be. This Redskins defense can be had. Mitch Trubisky looked good against them last week. They've got a short week. They've only got six week, six days to prepare for this game. I absolutely love the uh, the pass catching options for the Giants here, and Evan Ingram's the top one. So yeah, I'm with you. As long as he uh, stays healthy, I I can't. I, I mean, he's got to be. You know, I this production you saw it as a rookie with Evan Ingram, uh, as good as he was, and he got hurt, a little banged up last year. If he can stay healthy, stay on the field, um, I, I think he's going to get the brunt of all the receptions this year on that team. I, I think he'll be the go-to player. I think he is and will be the go-to player for the rest of the season for the Giants. Yeah, I, I was impressed with Sterling Shepard when he's healthy. I think he's going to be uh, one of one of uh, Daniel Jones's favorites as well. But I think those two guys are, are both going to be fantasy uh, relevant for the rest of the year. So who's your yellow light in this one? Another giant, Wayne Gallman. Uh, uh, if you plugged him in because you picked him up in the waiver wire or spent too much in the waiver wire for him or held him you know, as a handcuff all season long to your Saquon shares, um, don't expect a running back number, RB1 numbers for, uh, this week from him like you would from Saquon. Um, I would think that he could still put up a low-end RB2 numbers, and uh, um, for sure I put him in my flex spot, but it wouldn't be surprise me if uh, if you didn't get that out of him. It would, it wouldn't, I don't be surprised if you don't even get that out of him. Um, I think he's going to get volume, but I'm not sure. He'll probably be half of what Saquon had. Yeah, no, I agree with that. As a matter of fact, I, I might have Mezzo Red White. I, I really kind of want to take the wait-and-see approach with him. Now, this, this is a good matchup. This Redskins defense hasn't been able to stop anyone at anything, um, but I, I we, we don't know. You know, We're assuming Wayne Gallman's going to be the guy that he's going to get that, those carries. We don't really know how they're going to use these backs here uh, for the Giants. So I, to me, I want to see a wait-and-see approach. I want to see if it is Wayne Gallman, what percentage of the carries he gets, what percentage of the work he gets, and how effective he can be. So for me, man, I, I have a hard time. Obviously, if you had Saquon and this is your handcuff, you might not have a better option. You might have to put him out there even in a flex. Uh, but if you have a better option, man, I think I'm sitting him. So I'm, I'm pretty much with you. I think I think what you're saying is, yeah, if you have to start him, go ahead, but uh, don't expect much. And I think I'm with you there. He's a pretty good receiver out of the backfield too. So that's the only reason I'm saying, uh, you know, he's got yellow light uh, designation because he, um, I, he can catch some pass out of the backfield. And if he's not getting it, Going in the running game, they can always switch and, and and you know send them out in the flat. So yeah, they can, they can. I just I I just want to see it. I want to see his role. You know, that's that's going to be my uh, my my bugaboo with him is I I want to see it first before I feel like I can trust it week in and week out. But who is your red white this week? Uh, Trey Quinn, uh, wide receiver, Washington. Uh, this just mediocre matchup across the board, and these division rivals play each other pretty tough. Uh, the problem with Quinn is that uh, Paul Richardson and especially scary Terry McLaurin have been getting all the good throws. Uh, while Trey Quinn has been productive with dump-off passes, his snap percentage has shrunk, his depth of target has been shrinking, and so will his production of this trend continues. And uh, um, so that's 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 where I stand with Trey Quinn. 
Yeah. Um, I, man, you know, it's tough for me because I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of points scored in this game. I really do. I don't think either of these defenses is very good. Um, so I think Trey Quinn can still put up some decent numbers. I might, honestly, I might have him as my yellow light over Wayne Gallman this week. I, I might even play him over Gallman if I had to choose between the two. Um, but I could definitely understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, the, the, the target share seems to be, uh, you know, McLaurin and uh, McLaurin and, and Richardson and, you know, maybe even the tight end, whether it's Sprinkle or Davis that they have out there, and then everyone else just kind of gets whatever's left over. And that could be scary. That's a scary proposition. I just think this Washington team is so bad that in garbage time they're throwing, you know. They so, are they um, are bad. And it's uh, I was kind of there there's there's some tough games to predict this week. There's some tough games to uh, analyze and the, a lot of division games where these opponents, no matter how good one team is, no how how bad another team is, uh, you know, they know each other and they know how to game plan for each other and it's uh you know, it's it's hard to predict these 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 uh, division rival weeks. No, you're absolutely right. You, you are right about that. So uh, I'm going to go to the next game that I have here, John, and that's uh, Tampa Bay is in L.A. to take on the Los Angeles Rams. My green light is Brandon Cooks. And look, Tampa Bay, we've seen them against number one wide receivers. Last week it was Sterling Shepard. He, he really uh, had, had a nice game against them when, uh, when they had to throw, and that was with uh, uh, Daniel Jones getting his first career start. We saw on Thursday night even when Tampa Bay took on Carolina. They beat Carolina, but, man, DJ Moore wasn't lacking in targets, wasn't lacking in production. He had a nice game along with Greg Olson. Um, we've just seen throughout the course of the year, Tampa Bay has not been able to stop opposing number one wide receivers. I think that trend continues. I think Brandon Cooks is going to be matched up against the top corner more times than not, and I think he's going to have success. So um, I'm, I'm going with Brandon Cooks here. I, I really like the matchup at home here. Um, what do you think? Yeah, those the big three on that team. It, it's every week it's somebody different. You just check the matchup, and I think Cooks has the matchup this week. That's uh, that's who I go with too. That's a great green light. Yeah, yeah, and then you know it is tough to to kind of figure out those top three. You know, Robert Woods is going to have a week one of these weeks too. Yeah, and, and it very well could be this week. But I, I just I to me it's Brandon Cooks. I would use him this week. I think uh, I think any you know it, it might even get to the point where all three of those guys are usable this week against that Tampa Bay secondary. My yellow light here is Mike Evans, John. And look, we saw Mike Evans come alive last week. Three touchdowns at half, monster game. I mean, the guy putting up yards, he's catching everything. Let's let's temper our expectations here. Let's, let's reel everything back. This isn't the Giants. They're on the road. They're going to LA. They're going across the country to take on the Rams. This is a different type of atmosphere. It's a different type of game, and this is a different type of defense. While I expect Mike Evans to put up some decent numbers, obviously because he's the number one wide receiver on a team that's probably going to have to throw the ball an awful lot, um, I, I don't. Let's not expect that again. Let's not. Let's not go crazy. Let's not expect over a hundred yards and a touchdown either. I think eighty to a hundred yards, and and again, you know, you just you, you have a coin flip on whether or not he can get in the end zone in this one. Hope that he can, and hope that that makes his fantasy day. What do you think, John? Yeah, let's not get confused eh, of, of putting Chris Godwin at the number one receiver because he had a couple good weeks. Mike Evans is the number one receiver on this team, and it's not even a question, I think. Uh, and also, Ronald Jones got going. Um, uh, as you know, I'm not gonna. Uh, I don't know what to expect from Ronald Jones. I, I, he's been a disappointment so far to say, but he's starting to pick it up this year. Almost like he's getting the offense. Um, if they're going to run the ball a lot more. And Chris Godwin might be out this week with a hip injury. Uh, I, Mike Evans might get a lot of the, might get a lot of the pass, might get a lot of the, the uh, work. But again, this is a very tough matchup, so uh, they may have to run the ball. They may have to run, run, run to 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 uh, to get this game going, which will cut into Mike Evans's production. 
Yeah, the very well could happen too. And we're, we're also waiting on an OJ Howard week or a camera break week. I mean, they, they have a lot of options there. So, um, you know, there, yeah. there could be, there's a lot of different scenarios to where Mike Evans might not get his numbers. So that's the scary part there. But uh, the one thing I will say uh, for my red white, I, I, you and I have been on opposite sides when it comes to Ronald Jones. I can tell you that right now, because I have been a believer in Ronald Jones since he came into the league. He's, he's shown it at times this year when he's had the opportunity. Sometimes it's his game. Sometimes it's Peyton Barber's game. And that's why they're both a red white for me because I can't trust either of them in my lineup. This could be the week that Ronald Jones runs away with the job. He could have a hundred yards and a touchdown and Peyton Barber could be an afterthought from here on out. Or, Ronald Jones could struggle early and Peyton Barber could look good and Peyton Barber could be the guy this week. And next week you have no idea what to do because you know, you've had two good weeks from Ronald Jones two from, from Peyton Barber. And you just don't know, you just really don't know, you know, and, and how can you feel confident starting either one? It's a tough matchup again on the road. You know, you got Aaron Donald and you got that defense, that defensive line, that's stout. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's not a good matchup either. I'm staying away. Uh, what do you think, uh, John? Are you, you kind of on board with that? Yeah, I'm, I'm. If Ronald Jones gets going, it's a big if because, like we, like you said, it's one week, it's one guy, it's the next week, it's somebody else. You don't know who's going to get it. They played a hot hand situation in the backfield. Uh, Jones looked okay last week, but I, like you said, that defensive front line, that defensive front seven is, uh, is, is they're not easy to get 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 by, and these guys are not all pros. They're they're whoever feels better, you know, runs better. And it's super unpredictable. So yeah, I'm, I'm, this is a good red light for uh, for you, for me, for you, <laughs> me and you, for for me and you, for for all of us. This is a good red light. All right, uh, John, you got the next game, and this one um, is going to be interesting because I, I'm not sure what to do with any of these matchups. So you have the Seattle Seahawks are in Arizona taking on the Cardinals. Um, so John, who's your green light? Who's the one guy that you're going to start no matter what in this game? The only green light in this game, I think, is Russell Wilson. Uh, uh, Wilson is a great matchup against a pretty bad Cardinals defense that ranks among the last in the league. But it seems like Pete Carroll is finally letting Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. And that is a great thing for your fantasy football team. He looked great last week with tons of yards and some touchdowns, some rushing touchdowns. If uh, this, he, looked like, he looks like the Russell Wilson of old. Like they were, uh, they were trying to shape him into something else, but they finally said, okay, Russ, you go be Russ and uh, win us some football games. And that's what he's doing. What do you think? Yeah, I really like it. I, I think this Arizona defense obviously can be had um, through the air and on the ground. So um, I think Russell Wilson's the safest part of this offense. He always is. So I like it. I think this is the, yeah, that, that, that's the green light. That's the slam dunk to me. Um, but who's your yellow light? Because this, this is, I, I've, I've heard several different names thrown around here, but you got one that I haven't heard. So who is your yellow light in this one, John? Man, I struggle to find a yellow and a red light here because it's, uh, <laughs> but I'm going to go with Demir Bird, a uh, wide receiver from the Cardinals. Uh, Bird has been on the field a lot in the first three games in Arizona, touching the ball. 90s, 90, he's been on the field for 93% of the offensive snaps uh, while also being targeted 18 times. His production fell short last week and only flew four targets, um, two catches for four yards. Uh, he's nursing a hamstring injury this week um, and already looks questionable if he plays. Um, he might not put up the 9 to 12 points in a flex position spot that you may have had him in deep leagues. Uh, expect more like week three this week, but he's somebody, again, that could come out and because just because of his on-the-field average of snaps, I think you know he, he's, he's questionable. Uh, he's questionable. For, that's the only reason he's, he's not a red light. That's why he's a yellow light for me. What do you think? Yeah, no, I, I, I think that's right. I think, you know, just the fact that he's on the field that much, you have to consider, 
you know, consider him, um, you know, as, as being a, uh, you should be rostered and you have to consider, you know, with, with that kind of a 93% snap chair, I mean, you, you got to think about playing him at some point, but, uh, but yeah, if he's less than a hundred percent, um, that's, I, I don't think Damian Bird is the kind of talent that you say, well, with that snap share and everything, I'm still going to put him out there. Um, if he's limited, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot. And I, I don't know that I would play him. So I think I'm with you on that. Uh, at, Definitely some interesting information that you shared with us. As far as the snap share goes, I don't know that a lot of people are aware of that. So um, that's that's definitely something to monitor is uh, what ends up happening with Damian Bird. So who's, who's your red white in this one, bud? Uh, I didn't know which one to put where. So I, I got David Moore from Seattle. Um, he was injured the first couple of weeks of the season. And even when he played last week, he didn't see much action. This is a uh, run first team. And Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf seem to be have a stronghold on all the available targets anyway. So uh, David Moore, even though he's back from injury and he was kind of a uh, preseason princess, uh, he's my red light for this week. Preseason princess, huh? Yeah, I I, I think I think he's he's a red light as well. DK Metcalf's just looked too good. And so has Tyler Lockett. You know, those guys seem to be the guys that are getting the targets. And then, of course, uh, Will Disley has has emerged again, reemerged after last year getting hurt. So um, I think there's just too many other options in front of him. Uh, so yeah. I, I agree. I think that's probably the guy that I'm sitting, John. So um, we're on the same page there. I have the uh, the awful distinction of covering the Vikings and the Bears game, and it's not that this <laughs> is going to be a bad game at all. Um, I, I like both these teams. However, both these teams are uh, defensive minded, let's say, and uh, the pace of play should be slow and methodical and. Uh, this one should be interesting. So finding a green light was difficult, but for me, it's going to be Allen Robinson. And look, the reason why it's going to be Allen Robinson is because that's the only part of the Bears offense that I can trust week in and week out is that Allen Robinson's going to get targets. He didn't find the end zone last week because Taylor Gabriel was hurt. He has a concussion. There's no guarantee he's going to play. And even if he does, I don't expect him to continue that role. He's not a red zone threat. He's not a guy that they really look for in the red zone. They had a good matchup against Washington. That's a tough matchup against Minnesota. I think when they need a play, they're going to go to their best playmaker. That is Allen Robinson um, on this offense. I don't think there's too much of a question on that. So I think Allen Robinson's the only guy that I feel comfortable playing on this Bears offense. And I think they're going to go to him pretty often when they need need to make a play. Um, I wouldn't expect huge numbers out of them, but I don't expect huge numbers out of anybody playing in this game. Um, So give me Allen Robinson as my green white. And even that comes kind of with an asterisk. Uh, What do you say, John? Are you, uh, you with me on this or? Allen Robinson was my green light last week also. I think he, you know, any game that features uh, the horrible Bears passing game, if there's ever going to be a bright light, it's going to be Allen Robinson. Uh, He's the only person on the team that can make Mitch Trubisky look good uh, because of his athleticism and his size and his, his, just his everything about Allen Robinson. If there's a green light in this game, Allen Robinson would be at 100% for me too. It's a good call. Yeah, yeah, and and in fairness, that Bears offense actually did look better on Monday night. I know they were playing the Redskins, but the passing offense looked better. Mitchell Trubisky had a few touchdown passes, so I mean, maybe maybe they could take. I hey, look, I'm not going to bat for him. I'm just trying to represent both sides of this. He they they did they did put up what 31 points, and Mitch Trubisky did throw for three touchdowns. We have to we have to at least acknowledge that he did that, right? So he had guys who were wide wide open by five by seven yards around him on every play, except for that one corner touchdown. lucky on i expect that the i expect it's going to be a different story but um i can tell you that you know hey for a young quarterback sometimes confidence is what you need and i maybe that helps his confidence having a game like that i don't know but i'm just just trying to look for the silver lining
happening with the Bears offense. So my yellow light is Dalvin Cook. I'm look, every Dalvin Cook has been absolutely awesome this year so far. He has been so good, as good as we thought he could be as long as he stayed healthy and he's doing it and they're feeding him the rock. And I expect that to continue. The only problem is, man, this is the toughest defense in the league, in my opinion. And they're, they're I mean, come on, this Bears defense knows exactly what they have to do. And guess what they have to do? Stop the run. They're not going to let Delvin Cook beat them this week. So I, I as much as I, I, I mean, this is too, I mean, Delvin, it's, it's like the, uh, the immovable object versus the irresistible force or something. You know, like I just don't know which one's going to give. So I'm just going to go right down the middle and say it's a yellow light. Start Delvin Cook, but just don't expect huge numbers against the Bears defense. How's that? You know, just kind of kind of punting. I'm not going to I'm not going to say either way that uh, that that he's a must start or that he's a must bench. Um, but I think I think somewhere in the middle probably lies the truth. So uh, what do you think, John, about uh, Dalvin Cook's matchup here? That's an awesome analogy. The immovable force and the unstoppable, you know, unstoppable force, movable object, because that exactly what's going on here, uh, especially for a team that's run heavy. I don't care how many times you run the ball, even with the most talented running back. The Bears defense is just they're ferocious. They get after it. They gang tackle. They're on the ball. Their linebackers fly to it. Uh, Dalvin Cook, no matter how special he is, this is this is something special that he's going up against. So, yeah, I wouldn't know where to put him. I guess the all lights probably the perfect situation. Yeah, and you got to acknowledge him because he's been so good. Um, and my red light's Kyle Rudolph. Look, I, Kyle Rudolph isn't a guy that you're normally going to throw out anyways, but against his Bears defense, I really feel like he's going to be in line blocking more than anything, trying to pick up the blitz, trying to help slow down some of this pass rush. So I, I don't see him being relevant at all. This is a red light for sure. Um, don't start him. you got to have better options. There's probably better options on the waiver wire, to be honest. <laughs> you sure? You're right about that. <laughs> awesome. So... John, you have the last game that we're going to be breaking down tonight, the Dallas Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Of course, you're the lucky one that gets this game. Well, I had to do the Vikings and the Bears. All right, all right. So you go ahead and uh, and break this one down for us. Who's your green light in this one? There, there could be several. Yeah, there could be several. I got Dak Prescott, though. Uh, Prescott has looked great so far this season. And uh, I expect that trend to continue against the Saints defense that ranks near the bottom against the pass. Uh he has only been sacked three times so far this year. And with Zeke at full steam, Zach should have more time to throw the ball and keep his 260-yard and two-touchdown average intact. Uh, that's where I'm going with my green light. Yeah, the New Orleans defense is 29th against the pass this year. Um, they're giving up the 29th most points to receivers as well. So um, you could definitely tell that this this team is struggling uh, to to defend the pass. And, uh, and I think Dak... You know, as good as he started off, I mean, it's another positive matchup. So, you know, why would it be anything but a green-white? I totally agree with you. Who's your yellow light in this one? Oh, uh, Randall Cobb from the Cowboys. Uh, there's a wide receiver wide receiver one in Dallas, and then there's everybody else. I thought Cobb would, would be more of a contributor when he came to Dallas, but um, he seems to be more of a boom-bust player on a weekly basis, even with a gallop on the mend. Um, I don't see Cobb really uh, – hasn't been producing the way I thought so, and I'm not sure that's going to happen again this week. So I'm going to put Randall Cobb as my yell light because he could contribute. I mean, he, he could be that guy who catches the long pass, and uh, you know. But I just I don't. You can't depend on that. But I got burned last week uh, with Miracle Cardman, Miracle Hardman, and um, not that Randall Cobb's the same as him, but Randall Cobb has potential to make some big plays too. I just uh, I don't. I'm not looking. I'm not expecting it, but it could happen. Yeah, absolutely. Well, what, and let's not let's not forget. Look, Randall Cobb. Um, could have had a, a much bigger game last week. He had a 74-yard touchdown called back by penalty. Um, so while last week was, you know, I mean, he only put up, what, 
two grabs for 23 yards. It could have been a much bigger day. He could have had what with that 70 some yarder, he would have had close to a hundred yards and a touchdown. Um, so he, he's still that boomer bust play. Um, and last week he, you know, again, uh, that, that one play could have made his day. Um, yep. So he, he still has that uh, that potential against a, a pass defense that's not very good. I think that's a nice yellow light here. I really do. Um, you know, he, if you're going to roll uh, the dice on a guy with, I, again, bye weeks are come. you know, bye weeks are here. If you have a guy that, uh, that you know, is on a bye and you're looking to, to start spot start a guy, this might not be a bad option uh, for you as Randall Cobb. So I like that yellow light. Who's your red light? Who are you steering away from here? Uh, Jared Cook, tight end Saints. Uh, with all the hype that came along with uh, Cook settling into the new the new tight end for Drew Brees, a change of quarterback didn't do Cook any favors. Uh, the combination of Michael Thomas and Alvin Kamara sucking up all the targets is a recipe for disaster and uh, Cook's fa- and for Cook's fantasy value. Uh, you're going to have to start sniffing around elsewhere until Drew Brees comes back if you drafted Cook as your starting tight end this year, which I understand why you did. A lot of hype came along with, with Jared Cook, but um, he just has not produced at all. What do you think, James? Yeah, he had a fantastic year last year in Oakland, but we're starting to see that tight ends in Oakland are going to have fantastic years. Um, we're starting to see that with uh, with Waller there too. So uh, it, it's it's yeah, it's starting to look like maybe that was more part of the system that John Gruden ran and less uh, Jared Cook, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, and and you know Teddy Bridgewater in there may may hurt that a little bit too. Uh, so yeah, I mean I I think this is a solid red white. I like it. So um, John. Great work as always, my friend. Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to this week in particular? Looking forward to the Miami Dolphins coming close, not winning, but coming close and almost upsetting uh, the Chargers this week. I can that's my upset of the week. Not that I I don't want them to win the number one pick, but I uh, I can see them putting up a, the, the the Chargers. They just have a way of like puking on a field when they have these overall these matchups where they should win they when they should win by a million points i don't know why they they dumb down their opponents all the time and then they have to come back at the end of the game i um i that that to see a dolphins put up a close game against a team that's firing on all cylinders like the chargers would be my uh my kind of hopeful thing to see this week but i don't want them to win i just want to see a good game for my dolphins for a change Nice. So, so what's close for the Dolphins? Twenty-eight points, twenty-four points. Is that like <laughs> close for them this year? Is that is that what we take that as a victory? No, I'm I'm just kidding. No, you you are right though. The Chargers tend to do that, especially early in the year. Uh, they struggle early in the year uh, historically. Um, you know, with uh, Philip Rivers there, I don't know why, but you're right, they do. So it, it'll it'll be interesting to kind of watch that and monitor it. Um, I, I for me, man, I want to see Daniel Jones part two. Um, this is a great matchup for him against the Redskins. Um, I've, I've been a, a Daniel Jones truther for a long time. I, or I, I really want to see the young man succeed. And, uh, and, and week one was so fun. If we can get a follow-up week two where Daniel Jones just looks dominant again and throws for 300 yards against a bad defense, man, that New York media is going to blow up. I, I, I want to see it happen. I really do. So I'm rooting for the young man. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That's kind of what I'm looking forward to, John. Uh, is there anything else, anything else you got for us before we sign off? Uh, no, um, it's, I, uh, I, there's another game I want to talk about, but I'll talk about it tomorrow. So that's, uh, we'll, um, 
that's all I got for tonight. Thank you very much. You had another great episode as usual. Thanks for your awesome insight, James. You're the you're the best in the business. Thank you very much. Oh man, you you and I together, man. I'm I'm liking this. I think we got something good going. So hey, um, listeners, do me a favor. John McLean, follow him on Twitter at John McLean 75. Um, he's an excellent follow. Make sure that you follow him. You can follow me at underscore James the brain and make sure to follow the show um, at Superflex show on Twitter as well. You can send us any trades, any, uh, any questions, anything you have, we can break down on the show. We can even retweet your trade polls, anything like that. Uh, so make sure that you're, uh, you're messaging us, reaching out to us. And uh, John, what's the saying till next week? Stay sexy and super flexy. <laughs> I'm waiting to say it after since I've been here. Out there.